The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. Support for The Winefellers comes in part from the award-winning Yesterday and Today Frame Shop, Framing yesterday's memories and today's treasures since 1974 and located in Boone Square in Hillsboro. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by The Stool Stool, improving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool, we're number two. Your business name here, proudly serving Hillsboro since site year here. Your business name here and... Cody's Laboratory Animals. Just say Winefellers and receive 10% off your next order of live hamsters and rabbits. Test with the best using Cody's Laboratory Animals. Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices. And my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Fellers! Wine Fellers, we got nothing to do except sit around here talking wine with you. Well, Joe had a bad day, got canned from the factory. On the wine fellers, it's National Indian Pudding Day. So, so time to bake some cornmeal custard on the most succulently rancid episode of the wine fellers ever. On today's show, it's time for Flow Nose. Just in case you happen to be egocentric and insular, which, for a fact, none of our listeners are, Flow was just voted the town of Hillsboro's most favorite French delicacy. And, more importantly, she happens to know everything about everything. So stay tuned for the second half of our show to get some knowledge bombs dropped on you and the ones you love. During the first half of the show, we will conduct another wonderful wine tasting, and then it's time for the wine news. All this and some more ill-considered Winefellers song exclusives right here on a hugely explosive yet oddly restrained episode of the wine fellers but first what are we drinking today mark Hey, hey Marco! Wow, am I excited today. This is probably going to be our best show ever, mostly because it's National Indian Pudding Day. I heard that as soon as I read it. As I read it, I heard this. Yes. What 
Yeah. Uh, uh, you, what what is it? So that is today. We're celebrating it, obviously, in the, in the studio. We've been celebrating it all day. In the 17th century, English colonists brought hasty pudding to North America and completely transformed it. The result was Indian pudding. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait a minute, Mark. Hmm. So this is an English dish. The, well, it was, used to be called hasty pudding. Hey, it was called hasty pudding. And then they came over, you know, in the Mayflower. And now it's Indian pudding. And now it's Indian pudding. What's the problem? Well, shouldn't this be Native American pudding? Well, that's not the name of the holiday. <laughs> and uh, I think the reason why is that Indian pudding, the name was derived from their name for cornmeal. So at the time they called the cornmeal Indian meal. The Indians called their own meal Indian meal. No, no, they didn't do it. The colonists did. <laughs> the Indian, the Indians just called their meal meal. I love how the um, the item. Yes. Like it's like when you t if you name an item something back when you're using maybe what is now considered a derogatory term. Uh huh. Uh, it's okay to keep the name of all the stuff that you name after it. Oh, like Indian yeah. pudding, maybe right. Indian shoes, Indian moccasins, Indian headdress. But the, the when they changed uh, from calling Native Americans Indians to now Native Americans, right. the use of the word Indian in every term that came before then was, no, we don't want to change any of those, though. Yeah, I, I don't like the rules. I mean, that's just the, the name of the day. So, um, <laughs> so I mean, we can call it uh, Native American Pudding Day, National Na Native National American, Native, Native American, American pudding. That's fine. So anyway, let's do that. Let's do that. All right. And so today we are drinking a 1999 Choquette Vineyards Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, and I see you brought some Native American pudding along to taste with it. I guess I did. Is that what that is? <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> you know, they, it, it, it was from me probably earlier today in the studio. They were having an event. Yes. It can be used at this point in time. This leftover food from earlier. Yeah, so we can just call it. Native American pudding. Yes. At the Wine Fellows, we always pair wine with pudding. Everyone knows that. <laughs> and so uh, today we're drinking a beautiful uh, Shoket Vineyard. Uh, we're going to drink some now. Let's give it a shot. Mm, very fruity, this this mm. wine, Mark. Very fruity. Kind of have a little bit of licorice on there. And uh, what else do you taste? It's pretty good. Uh, this um, has uh, some dark cherry in ah, it. Ah, dark some cherry. Plum. And plum. Mm. And mm, uh, mm. hardly any tannins in this one. Yeah, this mark. is really good. So I would definitely uh, recommend this. I think we both re recommend this wine. It's a very good wine. It's not that expensive. And if you're playing along at home, open up yours. The finish mark goes on and on with this wine. It does go a long time. And wow. I, with a little hint of vanilla. It's really nice. I like it. Well, I think we touched on all the positive points of this wine, Mark. It's all positive. What do you think of the Indian, sorry, Native American pudding? It, um... It's a little uh, vintage. I think it's just macaroni and cheese from earlier. Yeah, I don't know. All right. You're listening to The Wine Fellers on WHUP. Now playing is the widely celebrated hit song, Quarter Pounder with Cheese, a Wine Fellers original song creation. And if your Fortune 500 company is in need of a jingle, let The Wine Fellers write a song for you. Don't go nowhere. The Wine News is coming up next. Young. Dad would praise the work I had done. We'd load the family wagon. 
Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. on the Wine Fellers News. Are you worried about a drunk person ruining your wedding? Hire an adult babysitter. Have no idea what could possibly be blander than national public radio? 
How about their new NPR wine? And is $350,000 too much to spend on one bottle of wine? What if I told you the bottle had been autographed by someone you'd never heard of? All right now on the news. The news. <laughs> when asked, couples who are about to get married often say that their greatest concern about their wedding day is the guest or two that becomes is the guest or two that becomes too drunk during the reception. No, really? Yeah. On the wedding publication The Knot, you will find a number of horror stories about guests and relatives taking things a little too far after having a little too much wine at the open bar. Why is it always the drinking that gets you, Mark? I know. It's just especially at I weddings. knew you were I knew you weren't going to say like uh it had nothing to do with wine. Well, I'm not invited to weddings anymore because of all this. But for example, the publication We have extensive personal experience of course in this arena in fact we i i'm sure each personally have been <laughs> responsible for at least one ruined wedding right so per person per person the publication discusses you know horror stories like a wedding where the date got so drunk she urinated on the dance floor well you know in some on a, some dates that would be desirable a wedding where the groom had to scrub throw up off the shuttle bus or Again? pay a, or pay a thousand dollar cleaning fee oh, just a lot nice. of these horror stories on the knot my favorite publication now the publication <laughs> has come up with tips on how to minimize the problem of an invitee drinking too much this is perfect so maybe we can discuss if these tips would really work <laughs> and this we will know a very important wine news uh, item. we we are not only the wine fellers yes we are the Wine drinking fellers. And wedding planners. And wedding, et cetera. <laughs> so the first thing, the first thing they say that you can do, and we'll see how, how realistic all this is. Number one, don't okay. invite the person, they say. Well, of course. Well, that's kind of harsh. Uh, well, but in some cases, you can't, uh, you, you've got to invite them. You Think got, of family right. members, right? It's like no one wants to invite their uncles to, invite, to their wedding. You have to invite your future mother-in-law oh, or something. Yeah, easy, Mark. Well, I'm not my mother-in-law. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, <laughs> the second thing, uh, <laughs> the second uh, tip on how to mem- minimize problems of an invitee drinking too much at your wedding, at, the, at your planning, it says, this is, I like this, have a buddy system for the person. This is not a cave spelunking expedition, Mark. Have one of your friends or relatives be on guard duty or babysitting duty. Sit the babysitter right next to the potentially problem <laughs> guests and ask that person to keep <laughs> keep they ask that person to monitor the individual's alcohol intake. I can tell you having had an adult babysitter <laughs> it, it's it's a it, it, it doesn't is completely work. ineffective yeah Compl- i mean you just yeah. blow right this right by this person right in in the span of 15 minutes they lose control of the right. entire situation yeah, so they're yeah they're sitting next to you and you look at it like yeah i know why you're here <laughs> good luck to you because you're gonna have a terrible wedding uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting <coughs> well oh so, Mark. but it says if you'd rather not use a friend or relative for this role, they recommend that you hire a person to do this. Now, this is new to me. They actually have you can hire people to sit next to the person that you're worried about getting too drunk at your wedding and to mind them. I think that's just called a security guard, Mark. Well, that's later. But yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> but that's you know, this is, people want their weddings to be perfect, and I get it. You don't want your uncle, you know, Tony or whoever. <laughs> 
drinking too much, making an embarrassing speech. You want someone you hire to, as he's standing up, to give well, a, I, give, a speech, <laughs> give him the nod. Or to drag him back down to his, <laughs> to his chair. I love that you give him the nod. Later you ask, well, where is Uncle Tom? Well, and due to some miscommunication, Uncle Tom's now wearing some concrete <laughs> shoes at the bottom of the of the lake in front of the wedding venue. Yeah, Uncle Tom's no longer with us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while everyone's here, let's hold a funeral. (laughs) I thought that was an interesting solution. So the next solution, next tip, these are tips to, uh, you know, if if you are uh, having a wedding, you're planning a wedding, and you don't want someone to get too drunk at your wedding, things that you can do. uh, tips on how to hold a completely boring wedding. (laughs) Yeah, possibly. So the next next one is limit the open bar time. So I now that I've encountered this, but at a funeral. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. That didn't work either. Well, I, found, that didn't I, see, work. I found that surprising, but you know, free booze makes it easier for people to get drunk. I find. Oh, absolutely. There's so, no, there's no governor. So, but you're that saying point. that this doesn't work. I per can from personal experience, really? I can attest that that does not work. Here's the thing. How's it, how the, do people get around this? Here's how people get around it. It's a free bar, okay? And you know it's open for another 20 minutes, all mm-hmm. right? People are making their way, the responsible ones, making right. their way away from the free bar out to the seating area maybe for the reception, okay? okay. And I happen to know the the mind of someone like this because my mind is this. Okay. What you do, Mark, is you Get drinks, not just for yourself, but for your 10 oh, friends that I aren't see. there with you. Yeah, you come up with And a, they're all doubles. Yeah, you come up with a cart. Yeah. I got you. And, and, then, and <laughs> then you even ask, well, I need a tray. You know, and they give you, you walk out of the bar area with, right. with enough. It, it's as though they continue to serve for four more hours. Because right, you can nurse those drinks for a long Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Okay, that doesn't work. Okay, so no, the next it one is. It won't work. It won't uh, work. They say prior to the reception, discuss the problem to individual with the bartenders and tell the bartenders to cut off the person after a certain number of drinks. I have seen this employed. I mean, this happens at all the bars we know about. Man, this is none of these. I well, mean, but but I, I'm not saying it doesn't not, work. Okay, this does work. I don't I don't know. Okay, uh, this one's up for discussion. All right. So we've seen this at bars. You've seen this at bars where people are cut off because yes. the bartender realizes this person's going to be a problem. Yeah. I'm not serving you. Anymore. Usually, when they realize it, it's it's like way beyond that. But yes. Yeah. Well, I think here here's the thing is. The bartender is working a wedding, for example. Yeah. By the time they they are packed up and leaving, yeah. there's some that guy is someone else's problem. Right. They don't care. Where, they uh, just they don't they don't want to be a policeman. No. And, and but if if you got a bartender at a bar, they are going to do their best to not serve that person who's going to cause trouble because right. they're going to be closing down the business at three a.m. Yeah. And they don't want to deal with this guy later. Right. So. While I think, yes, you could tell these bartenders. They're not necessarily going to shut them I don't know if they're right. gonna, it's actually going to stop anything. All right. Well, the next tip, the knot, the publication the knot tells you what to do if you don't want uh, invitees getting too drunk or you're worried about a, about a specific invitee getting too drunk at your wedding yep. is switch up the music. Uh, if the person is wildly <laughs> performing the river dance to every song, ask the DJ to switch things up. Take the music down to a much calmer level. Maybe play a few romantic love songs or waltzes. <laughs> <laughs> or to really ruin the mood, 
some John Philip Sousa marches. <laughs> but that makes sense, you know, because if people are really getting jiggy with it on the dance floor, then if you take it down, you know, and like things are really slowing up, all of a sudden the person's not dancing because how can you Where dance? was that place we went to that always played the, like, Titanic music? What? We always would go somewhere <laughs> where we encountered, it's like they're, they're just playing the Titanic music. <laughs> Which I like. I think it was that uh, <laughs> Indian restaurant in Burlington. Oh yeah, that's oh yes, that's right. Wasn't that it? Yeah, they it's really like, they played that soundtrack. This is just. It was very well. It was very powerful while you're eating Indian food. Oh lunch. well, yeah. I mean, yeah. you start. You're sitting there and you're eating. So you wonder why your hair is standing on right. end, and you feel like something great or terrible is about to happen. I know it's really just. Yeah, I mean, I'm just. You know, that soundtrack was actually pretty moving. I think it helps. This is like the best lamb vindaloo I've ever had. I don't know why. <laughs> that, that helps. So th say, and th under the same idea, you slow the music up and the person doesn't feel like, you know, going crazy and drinking too much. Because this, this sounds like psychological warfare, and I don't think it's fair. All right. The next one is my favorite. Okay. I'll tell you my favorite one. <laughs> this is good. Oh, boy. Create a karaoke room. That is well. That is well. <laughs> like moths to a flame. I love this. Create a karaoke room that is well separated from the main reception dining room. People who are drunk evidently love to sing karaoke. Oh, oh this is the best, greatest. And only one that's going to work. That's brilliant. That's actually brilliant. Uncle Tom, you're getting too drunk? Did you know, Uncle Tom? <laughs> did you know that we have a karaoke room right next door? Hey, Mark, you don't even have to tell these people karaoke? about it. Karaoke? They find it. They come to you. Did you know there's a karaoke machine? <laughs> right. And they're all like, yeah. like, And all of a sudden, your, your wedding is the most subdued wedding you ever had because everyone's in the karaoke room. Somewhere, yeah. somewhere in that building. Here's the thing. You set up a karaoke room right. for your wedding. You're you're not only getting drunks from your wedding. They're coming off the streets, Mark. I want to sing. They're drawn I want to this. sing Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that idea. I like that oh, idea. Oh, I love it. All right. So the next idea oh, that the it. knot had to uh, minimize people drinking too much at your wedding is hire some security staff yeah. from a professional security firm. <laughs> That's just, while that is an effective method, <laughs> I would say it might put off the wrong vibe. You mean having people walking around with guns <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and their, their get up? <laughs> uh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, we have to tell them before, and please don't use guns. If you have to, use a taser. <laughs> <laughs> or nunchucks but don't use a gun please it, it sends the wrong message <laughs> uh, again the, you know that that while yes it is an effective solution yes uh it probably i've seen we we have uh um we this happens mark this is a real thing actually and in fact in some circles social circles this is actually a symbol of status to have armed guards at your wedding is it really yeah i mean think about it it's all over um uh shows like the sopranos okay okay these are individuals who uh want to portray strength stability control mm -hmm. okay and uh and i think um yeah, it, I think it could not only do that, but also kind of be a little bit of a turn on too. <laughs> For who? I don't know. People who who like that sort of right. thing. Well, that's, that's interesting. All right. Well, the next idea that not have people like that aren't me. Okay. <laughs> Evidently, you're into that. The other idea, another idea, is to uh, I don't like it. Issue drink, oh. issue drink tickets. 
So everybody gets two drink uh, tickets. All of a sudden, it, it's like, a, what are we wearing, kindergarten? Yeah, and the finger like paint that. is over at the other table. All right, how about this one? All right. Uh, uh, purchase bottles from the product line RK. RK is a company from Canada that makes alcohol-free vodka and tequila. <laughs> so that, you know, you're serving. Oh, <laughs> it, it could. Uh, you're saying serve non-alcoholic alcohol under the guise that it is alcoholic much, alcohol. Yeah. It's, it's like vodka and tequila. You will quickly have <laughs> just a, a, a riot. You're going to cause a riot. Your yeah, that's, that's going to cause a riot. That is the best way to destroy your wedding. All right, so this is the best way, actually, is to hold a dry wedding. Uh, I've been to some of those as well. Ugh. That does not work. Yeah. It doesn't work. You bring it with you. And also nobody goes to the wedding you bring it with you mark yes and uh and before you know it mm -hmm. uh, yeah, everybody brings every it everyone it's like right. if, if you hold a dry wedding yeah people, it actually yeah. ends up more alcohol because gets they into that wedding right. than if you just had alcohol but then if you have the security guards and the security checkpoint <laughs> it could be <laughs> yes that a combination right. of these methods would solve the problem all right this is like, hey oh there's more no 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 okay what about the final one don't have a wedding. Or don't have don't a wedding. get married. Yeah, if, if you're really yeah, if, if you're, you're if you're marrying into a family and those are the issues, you probably just, you might want to rethink yeah, some think things. About it. Yeah, really fundamentally <laughs> rethink a number of things about your life. Right, how you got here to this point <laughs> exactly. where you're discussing if you need armed guards. I'm, I'm to worried stop about all my drinking. family members and all your family members getting too drunk. Yeah, they probably just, okay. The second story. Yeah, there's a, there is new cheap public radio swag to place inside the, your NPR branded canvas tote bag. <laughs> oh boy. It's wine. <sighs> Believe it or not. Last month NPR announced that this go, yeah, they go announced ahead. a new membership uh, a package, the NPR Wine Club, which will help fund public radio and reward subscribers with quarterly deliveries of 12 premium wines. The inaugural vari varietals include an all grapes considered Malbec. A weekend uh, edition Cabernet Sauvignon and an uncorked Merlot. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, so Mark, they they got to them. Yeah. The the wine of the month club. They got to got them. to them. Right. And, and this is just a rebranded one. And we've we you and I have talked at length yeah, about this, is, this. They're just rebranding Plunk. You That's know, which all is, they're doing. Plunk means cruddy wine. Yes. And uh, as the NPR promotion page says, and wait for this. This is only mm -hmm. NPR could say mm -hmm. this. Wine not. Ugh. That's, you know, that's perfect. So It is. It all fits. It all fits. So subscriptions to the NPR Wine Club started at $80 plus $20 shipping. Uh, oh, my gosh. Here's the thing. These Wine of the Month clubs yeah. are uh, basically controlled by just two or three distributors around the United States. Think about when you were young and you grew up and you bought those, uh, you bought records off of a Columbia record list. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. It's, it's the, the same, same thing. thing. And what they do is they 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 go out there and these this these warehouses of bad wine, plunk, cheap wine, uh, are sold uh, through, they don't want to sell all the wine individually. So they go out and contract with different groups, right? right who they rebrand with their name. And their label. And their label. They handle all the back-end billing. I guarantee you that when you call up to subscribe to this stuff, it, you're getting someone in a call center that if it comes in from the NPR phone number, pretend you're an NPR rep. And I guarantee you're paying five times too much than you need to for that bottle. Just, yeah. Just and so NPR yeah. doesn't even get most of that money. Well, well who gets it? 
Well, the people with the wine. Oh yeah. So they're there. Right, they charge. Yeah. Let's say you buy eighty bucks yeah, you, a month you get a percentage. or whatever it is. Right, or, right. You know, they get some paltry amount. Right. Right. That it's basically like the Girl Scouts. Right. Right. And they're cookies. And then you get to impress all your friends because you have look. I have the all things considered. What is it called? Uh, oh, uh, don't just look. Yeah, that's just so, not so even. I, so I came up with my own wines. Just let me know what you think. I said. Wait, wait. I should guess if these are real ones or you've already told me no they're not great so i said i thought like click and clack malbec hey like that, that I, I, I do I, this is for another one for npr on point pinot that's like a name of a show there and then oh, okay. I, then i said then i thought splendid table sparkling wine and i came up with a review for it, it? i do okay this is for splendid table, table sparkling, sparkling wine. wine uh their new npr wine a vintage wine that is bland and should never have been consumed it should have been consumed years ago uh drinking any amount of the bottle will put you as fast asleep and wow. the wine has a broad and uncomplicated taste pro profile so as to not offend anyone sure but what do you think of their show oh <laughs> <laughs> we kid we uh, we kid we love that show no, we so in anyway, <laughs> well, hey, yeah. what about so, I thought I thought for sure you would have done one for the people's pharmacy. Yeah, uh, I just couldn't. Another show we I think just couldn't get of. any wine to rhyme with. <laughs> <laughs> so the third story, the last story very quickly, the most okay. expensive bottle of wine ever has was just purchased at a charity auction for three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, wow. Oh, oh I had not heard of this. Yep. The, two, the 2015 Cabernet Sauvignon was created by celebrity winemaker Jesse Katz. Oh, this is not a a, uh, a, 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 a top growth wine here. No. This was just someone, uh, this guy made a blended wine for renowned Hollywood agent Shep Gordon. Okay. Uh, and he autographed it, and it went for $350,000. grief. Yeah. So that was that's a little ridiculous, but it is that's ridiculous. The most anyone's ever paid for a bottle of wine, and I just thought we should discuss that on the Wine Fellers. But, oh my gosh, Mark! Yes, but that is the news. Well, thank you, and you're listening to the Wine Fellers now playing is the widely celebrated hit song "Death to Elvis," a Wine Fellers original song creation. And if you are in need of a song about someone dead in your life. Let the wine fellers write a song for you. Don't go nowhere. It's time to see what Flo really knows. Coming up next.
through that cheap disguise. Death to Elvis and all that you stand for. Bind your hands till you reach the scene floor. Joe, I'm happy to be uh, with you. It's great to see oh, you. It's good to have you here. We always like to have Flo on the show. I feel like my mind is about to expand. It is, because <laughs> Flo is going to n- drop some knowledge bombs on us. And she, <laughs> and Doesn't she, that sound just wrong? Well, <laughs> I don't want anything dropped on me. It's just accurately <laughs> describing what's about to happen. It can be dangerous. It could be. So it's about time we see what Flo really knows. What are you? Oh boy! <laughs> what are you about to do? So what? Mark? So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about France, and we're going to talk about French subjects. And I'm going to ask. We're going to ask Flo some questions, and we're going to see if Flo knows the answer, which of course she was, because she does, because she does know <laughs> look everything. But in case she doesn't, just in case she doesn't, look. <laughs> what we received some we did uh, communications. Yes, we did from longtime listeners. Yes, we did, and some first-time listeners. Yeah, that. Uh, have heard the flow nose segment they have they hear our claims yep. and these are the wine fellers making these claims so but these people <laughs> seem to take those claims pretty seriously they don't Mark. believe flow knows everything we we claim that flow knows everything about everything we say it every every segment i'm still gonna hold that that view <laughs> she does know everything she about knows everything, everything <laughs> about everything and just to prove this to the uh uh Folks we are, are going to ask her some that. questions about France. <laughs> she knows nothing about these questions no, she, we're she about to know, ask know her. the questions before. And if she doesn't know, which is unlikely, then you can take a stab at these questions, at the answers, uh, Joe. Oh. <laughs> because I, I have the questions in front of me and you don't. I am not going to, uh, to, to need to do that because Flo knows everything about everything. Yes. And is going to be able to answer all these. So we're on the wine fellows. We're going to start for the first question for Flo. Flo. This is a French question, and you're French, so you should be able to answer these questions, hopefully. Name two scientific French inventions. 
scientific French invention. Well, um, could we consider René Laennec? Uh, Absolutely. Sure. A scientist Would who invent actually invented the uh, stethoscope? That's, yeah, stethoscope. Yes, that is one of them. Absolutely. Very good. That is a scientific that is invention. See, naysayers, Flo <laughs> does know. This is, again, she had... She, okay. she does know. Okay, she, give it, can you give but, us... But she's not done with the question yet, yeah, Mark. Right, Let's right. not celebrate yet. Can you give us a second one? <laughs> okay, um, you said scientist. I um, Or just any invention. Any invention? Yeah, well, invention. there's uh, actually uh, one that is... Uh, um, I would say a lot of people, especially in the United States, will know is uh, the Braille uh, reading system. Oh, Braille. Yeah, Louis B uh, Braille um, invented yes. uh, the Louis, reading and... Louis uh, Braille, that sounds like <laughs> well, writing system. We murdered system. that surname, didn't we? Louis Braille. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. That is really good. It's a flow. <laughs> she got the first question. Very All right, good. is that it, Mark? We, that's awesome. We also would have accepted... <laughs> Can we just drink... Please, we, we would for have the rest of the show. We would have accepted hot air balloon, the submarine, the parachute, and more importantly, the hair dryer. Wow. Wow, they did the hair dryer too? They did. Imagine that. The hot air balloon and the hair dryer. See? I don't know why I it's, find these things. All right, flows on flows on fire. I think there's a connection there. And what about the matrix system? Yes, the matrix. Oh well no. <laughs> You mean you mean the series of tubes we're all connected to? Uh -huh. and, yes. Uh, How come in the U.S. Yeah. we don't have the matrix system? Yeah, why don't we have the matrix? When the rest of the world does. Oh, matrix system. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, uh, I thought we actually, I thought the matrix was real for a minute, Mark. It is. Okay. The French invented it. <laughs> yes. So the second question. The, the French the French invented the metric system. Well, that too. Okay. Is, is, that, what, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, the second. Okay. Wait, what is the metric system? I don't know. The second question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Flo. Hey, hey, wine is in milliliters. Yes. That's a metric system of measurement. Another, another invention. Okay, second question, because Flo's on fire. All right. Flo, you should get this. It's one of one. <laughs> what is Paris syndrome? Um, Paris syndrome. It's a real thing. Joe, I think Joe knows. I, I actually have, have read about this. This is a real thing. You can look it up. Paris syndrome. It's Paris, a real, Paris it's a syndrome. It's a documented um, ailment, so to speak. An ailment. So a problem that a is problem. happening on a regular basis in Paris? Uh, yes. Um, traffic? I, well, flow. Um, so this is... It's probably it's our a, fault. Our We're fault. not asking the question. We're not asking yes, the question right. So to, your, to, to, your to the naysayers out there, you know, it's probably it's probably a known thing. Mark. Well, the word syndrome doesn't translate. Yes, what we're doing, we would call it by its French term. Yes, which is probably like foreigner syndrome. Yes. So, uh, d would you like to explain what French syndrome is? I, I would like. I, mean, I would like. Syndrome? I would like to tease this out a little bit more okay. to make sure we're not losing something in translation. <laughs> okay. All right. So every year. Yes. <clears throat> Tens, hundreds, maybe even millions of people, tens of people, millions of people are visit, go to foreigners, visit Paris. Well, it's not, tourists. it's not specifically foreigners. Okay. It's, Anyone who doesn't live in Paris. No, no. It's Japanese tourists. I, yes. Supposedly. Okay. I know. We're, we're working towards it. Oh, okay. So uh, these people who've never been to Paris before mm -hmm. go to Paris mm -hmm. and it's not exactly just like. Disney World, for example, maybe 
wasn't exactly as you pictured it. That's right. And in some cultures, the idea of what the uh, what the destination was going to be like in right. this case, Paris. Right. Uh, that idea versus what it's actually like when they get there are so different mm-hmm. that they suffer from something called Paris syndrome. So, so Joe's right. So it's it's when visiting Paris, often have to uh, uh, Japanese tourists for some reason when they visit Paris, they often uh, suffer extreme shock, sometimes called Paris syndrome. Uh, it is because they were completely unprepared for the reality of Paris not being the greatest place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and they go home. <laughs> so, so No, they don't just go home. <laughs> they need to be, in some cases, uh, put in a wheelchair and rolled back onto the yeah. airplane on which they came. Sometimes they won't leave their hotel room. They won't answer their phone. It's a, it's they a real thing. They it's curl a real thing. up in the corner of their yeah. hotel room. Yeah, it's a real thing. So I'm not, so, I'm not surprised so, you didn't but, know but, this. So, well, but you're talking about uh, a well-known, I would say, knowledge she does a Paris syndrome, right. but apparently it seems to be, um, you know, known by the Japanese, but not necessarily well, the Italians or the Spanish the or the, the Germans or the well, Americans okay. feel the same syndrome. Yeah, I'm with. Uh, no, they don't. It's only Japanese. Okay. Well, but I'm with you, Flo. I'm with you. <laughs> so. So I think we're painting with a pretty broad brush. No, here, Mark. this is the. But you look it up. I'm not saying anything bad. This is the definition of the syndrome, and it's a documented thing. Yes, Mark. Right. What is your source? The internet. <laughs> so <laughs> this oh. is this is a real syndrome recognized by the World Health Organization and the internet. So next question. Okay, Flo, you should get this. Okay. This, this one. Should, the last one was probably wasn't fair. This one might be more fair. The last one really wasn't about Paris at all. It was, it was about, about Japan. Right. Where was the croissant invented? <laughs> the croissant invented. Well, I guess it was not invented in France. That's correct. She got it right. Yeah. Okay. She got it right. Yeah. Okay. Does she, for a bonus point, does she know <laughs> where it was invented? <laughs> Outside of France. Okay. Yeah, 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 right again. Okay. I actually know this one. Do you really? I do. Okay. Where? It was invented Let's in a small Midwestern town. No. In the U- oh, let me have my time. Okay, all right. Go okay, ahead. Never mind. Oh, go no. Ahead. No. Midwestern town. <laughs> and it was going to have this whole uh, storyline about how oh. eventually it wasn't even created until Burger I'm King came up about, with okay. it. You're talking about the Chris Sandwich. Okay. You have a point. Go ahead. No. <laughs> I think the Chris Sandwich is more important than the croissant. Yeah. Well, they prefer. It's not a croissant witch. It was perfected by it. It's the croissant witch. <laughs> right. So the answer, uh, the answer is Austria. I don't know. Right. But I guess the French perfected it. Is that right? Uh, well, it's, it's well, got bur- a silent T yeah, on the end. The Burger King perfected it. So, <laughs> okay, here's the next question. In France, what animal was hung in 1386 for the murder of a child? In thirteen. 13- what, what year, year again? 1386, an animal was hung for the murder of a child. How long did it take you to come up with what? these arbitrary facts? What animal? Well, if you're French, I think you should. Ah, uh, uh, oh, gosh. Do you want to take a guess? Well, I look, I, I, any ideas, Flo? Do you have a like a, are it, and I don't tell me, but it's got to have something to do with, with French history, I would imagine. I don't know. With French history, um, I don't know. Would it be a pet? 
or that's a fair question, Mark. I guess we can accept that. No, 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 no. Would no, it, but would it be a is, pet? I could be. Does oh. not typically. Okay. Not like typically. like like a snake could be a pet and isn't typically yeah, right. Like it like that. Is but, that kind of what it so is? So now yeah. let me ask you something. Oh, yeah. um, I just didn't know animals uh, murdered uh, human beings. So. Um, this is a whole other well, question. It is, just require. Um, you tell us intention. Yes, this is in France. Okay, I don't know what okay. The are in then it may be yeah. flow as we work through the these series of questions. Yes, could be that the courts at the time did declare that the animal knew what it was doing when it killed the person. Probably. So, so was it cape? Was maybe it was like an ape? Or did did yes. this animal have? In 1386. Or did, this animal <laughs> did this animal have a lawyer? Uh, and was he represented? And, and was it an animal lawyer? <laughs> I don't know. Was he able to? All right, we're gonna we're gonna need an answer. We're gonna need a, we're <laughs> gonna need a response. All right, okay, look, 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 Flo, it, it just, yeah, I just, want I want to make a guess. Take here. a guess. This is right. a crazy. Please this is guess. insane. Take a guess. All right, my guess is. Uh, if they're going, look, if they're going to hang an animal, it can't be uh, a light, uh, an animal that's that's lightweight, okay? Yes. Because it couldn't be, like, if you try to hang a grasshopper, it's just going to dangle there and flop around at the end of the string. So, Flo, let's, for the sake of, wor of, of thinking here, that it's going to be a large animal. Yeah, so I, I guess this uh, child mm -hmm. who was killed yeah, or no. murdered by this animal, was mm -hmm. he Hunting that animal? I don't really know too oh, much oh, more. Oh, than oh, oh, oh. Another thought. It could not be an ape. Because think what an ape would do. It would just reach up and grab the rope that it's hanging from and climb up. All right. I'm about to get the answer, I, guys. I, I know it. I, I think okay. I've got it. Okay. A cow. All right. Your answer? I just... I, I know. If I come up with something, it would not be the right, right. answer. So the, why don't you tell us? It's a pig. A pig. Yes. Okay. Now you what need to tell us the story. What kind of pig? Because there are many different kinds of pigs. I don't know the No, story. there's pigs. There's no neck. How are you going to hang a pig by the neck? In 1386, they had They wolves. found a way. All right. Wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> we have more questions. Do we know what caused this pig to be I hung? I don't know. I, I'm just, you know, these is, the facts don't, you go much <laughs> further than okay. what I read to you. Well, wow. Mark, you should know. That's a whole, that's oh, a whole thing. I don't thing. know. I don't, need, I don't pretend to know We anything. were hope. I guess Mark was hoping that you would obviously know the story of the pig. About the pig. Yes, yeah. and would well, be able to we'll share we'll that with We'll look it up us. for the next show. Absolutely. All right. In France, it's illegal to kiss in what public place? It's illegal to kiss in a certain public place. Hmm. In a certain public place. And I'll give well, you definitely not in a public place. Well, there's a certain public place. It was in 1910, <sighs> a law was introduced that banned couples from kissing in a certain place. In public. Did this have to do with like the world? Well, it the would not be fair. a church and because the, otherwise. <laughs> right. And the, best, and the law is still enforced today. Oh, enforced today. Well, that's what they said. I've never heard of anything. In fact. Uh, I've never heard of a pig being hung. The, I will say that the most people you see kissing, the, the place you see people kissing the most is in France. Right. It's so but there's certain place. There's common. a certain place you cannot kiss. It's, a it's certain a, place. It's a very public place. So the um, the court maybe the is this a single no, you can kiss place? Them. A single place a certain, like a monument? No, no, a certain kind of place. Oh, so it's a public place. It's a public place. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are there public? Uh, does it does it matter where in France? 
Is it regional? All over France. All over France. Mm. And the law is still in the books. So it's I, not. It's not a public uh, restroom, is it? N- no, you can kiss there. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so now you said in 1910 this uh, law, law, law was enacted. Enacted in 1910. Okay, who enacted it? Well, I don't know. Oh, I I know where it is. What? Uh, Prostitution houses. Yeah, uh, well, that kind of makes sense, but no, you right? Can't kiss well, it's like a law where they yeah, say, yeah. "Oh, well, we we fix we fix the problem." Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Well, I thought it was like kind of the Julia Roberts. Is law. that how you say it anyway? I was trying to be politically correct. I think I came across as just an, a complete idiot. <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell you. In 1910, a law was introduced that banned couples from kissing on train platforms to avoid delays. Oh, oh my gosh. Too I many people it. are kissing on train platforms and people were getting well, places on time. I guarantee you it is not enforced because I kissed many times well, on a the, you could think, well, train you, platform well, and I was never arrested. You're lucky. You could be in jail right now. All right. <laughs> I understand why they did that, but that just uh, seems like one of those things that they're going to have a tough time enforcing that one. Oh, Mark. Mark, where did you get this information? Now, these are all real questions. So, you should get this one. What is the most visited attraction in Paris? The attraction that people visit oh, most yes. in Paris. Well, there's a well-known museum called Le Louvre. Uh, no. What? That's not the most visited attraction in Paris. It is not? No. <sighs> Now, when you say visited, what do you mean? Well, it's an attraction in Paris that, you know, when you go to Paris, a lot of people go to. Yeah, but a lot of people drive through the Arc de Triomphe. Well, it's but not. Does that count as visiting? No, it's not that. Okay. Well, that's not the answer either. Well, it's not the Eiffel Tower, is it? Nope. So, is it a museum? Or just the, mm. the Eiffel Tower? No, the, it's, it's the, the scaffolding Tower. on which the pig was hung. No. This. Is it a bridge? No. Is it a river? No. Is oh it? My gosh. Is it? We're on the Winefellers, and Flo is trying to guess. <laughs> Thank you for yeah, the because that's Flo not is trying to guess the most visited attraction knowledge. in Paris, which she should know since she's evidently <laughs> oh, yeah. French. Yeah. We hear. Okay, so the answer is. Wait, wait, wait! Are we done? Have we? Have we? Have we? Uh, have we exhausted it? I'm going to tell you, it's Disney World. Oh my gosh! It's not. Oh. It, so did you say in France? In in Paris. In Disney Paris, World. Disney World is not in Paris. Or Disneyland. It says it is. It is not in oh. Paris. It's outside of Paris. It's about forty minutes. Right. Well, that's Paris. No, it's not. No. Mark, wow. Mark, wow. I really want to see the source of your information because seriously, sure. that <laughs> I'll, does I'll not show you the source make of my information. any sense. It's just she, uh, it's Google.com. <laughs> Google. Flo does know everything about everything, Mark. She knew exactly right, how right, many miles well, Disneyland right, is well, from Paris. Well, all right, we'll Mark, give that, we'll give that to Flo. You cannot come up with something and just uh, okay say it's true all right well we'll, we'll give that we'll give we'll put i'm 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 marking flow down for this one all right, i put that point on the big board okay <laughs> the name <laughs> oh my so, gosh about, so she should get this name the countries the countries where french toast and french oh, fries please. were invented the countries where french toast 
and French fries. They were separate countries. Were invent two different countries. Well, two different countries. Were French well, toast basically, and French fries. there's no French toast and no French fries. So the French fries are actually were invented by the Belgium. That's what I was going to say. Uh, well, it says here. <laughs> oh, Mark. Well, Internet says America. Oh, my gosh. No, man. No. No, no. So you mean the name yeah. French fries or the actual French fries? Well, I think it's the name probably. Okay. Well, French fries or freedom fries, yes. America. Definitely. <laughs> Especially freedom fries, yes. Yeah, it was well, named yeah, obviously, in, we only call in the United fries. States. Uh-huh. And so the French toast. The French toast. Uh, this one's a hard, very hard. I don't. I don't think anyone would get this. Well, again, the French toast is not French. No, it's, it's not. like French onion soup. It's no. you know, or or French onion dip. No, no, no. I, I remember that. It's pretty uh, funny. Um, yes. So, we, so I'll tell French. you. It's no, very when difficult. I think of French toast, yes, I'm thinking some place that has an abundance of cinnamon and sugar. I have no idea. Could be some is. island somewhere. I thought it was or in, near the equator. In the U.S. as well. No, it's, it's a different country. I'll tell you, it's difficult. I wouldn't. No one get this. Oh my god! So French toast actually comes from Italy. Well, Italy Italian toast just doesn't. Have I know it's same. weird. That's weird. But that's what it said on the internet. So, no, you should get this. It still has not given a source on so, the internet. So you may not know this if you are uh, uh, listening to the radio show. Yeah. But every time Flo kisses you, <laughs> she kisses you on two cheeks. That's right. She goes moi moi left right cheek. Gotcha. Now in France. What is the maximum number of times you are allowed to kiss another person from cheek to cheek? Four. The maximum number of times before oh, it gets well, weird. Well, a maximum. Well, it's re- it, it's be- regional. Okay, so if you if you live in Normandy mm-hmm. and that's the region I'm from, then you will kiss four times. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, if you live in uh, Lyon, another place I uh, lived. And uh, that's where I studied. Mm-hmm. I um, you kiss mostly two times, and then I know you can kiss three times. But the so maximum, it deepens the maximum. The well, maximum that's considered you, if you kiss more than this. Then it I've never odd. okay. So I've lived in France for twenty five years. I've never, never been kissed or kissed anyone more than four times. Uh, Joe, would you like to uh, chime in before I give the answer? I want to know what it means four times. Does it mean left and right count as one, or is it no, left counts as one, no. right counts no, as so one? No, so it's left, right, left, right. That would be four. Mm. Yeah. So that's four times. Mm, mm, mm. Each time I'm to do you, it in my, my mind. I know you each are. time you <laughs> touch the uh, the cheek of the person, yes. that's one time. Uh, um, I'm going to go with flow on this one, Mark. Four times. The answer is five. Mm. So some areas of France, and I think French-speaking areas, like it's Corsica? I don't know. They, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they kiss. They they go from cheek to cheek five times. Five times. Five times. <sighs> interesting French fact. Uh, it's very interesting. We still don't know the sources of this info. The source of this information. Flo is a stickler for uh, she's, she's sources really here, my sources. Okay, if you cross your glass with someone else when toasting, what bad thing will happen to you? What do you mean, cross your well, glass? Well, I think if you're like toasting somebody and then you kind of like you're went, demonstrating, like you right went over, now. like you went over someone else's glass line without touching. 
Yeah, you're not. I think it's bad luck but, to cross. But then your arms are crossed yeah. while you drink, so you're like the, well, doing the pretzel. Well, when you toast, you just can't toast across someone else's toast. It's considered. Oh well, you're bad, asking bad luck, and something will happen to you. Besides the toast not coming true. <laughs> well, it says here. I'll just say you will receive. Flo, Flo's looking like she doesn't yeah, have this one. You'll receive heart. seven years of bad sex. Seven years of bad sex. That's what it says on the internet. So. <laughs> <laughs> These are all things that can be verified, by the way. <laughs> yes, would, would please, ha- would please. Would having I bad sex source. be included in bad luck? So if you break a mirror, uh-huh. I know that's seven years bad luck. Does okay. that include bad sex? It's just, I mean, that's just the thing I mean, if happens. you break a, uh, if you toast over uh, someone's arm, you may as well break a mirror while you're at it. All right, she should get this. How tall was Napoleon? He was actually above average. Okay. How tall so, was he? Oh, gosh. Back then, uh, men were much smaller than now, but he was definitely above average, which, you know, so that's why we thought he was small. Mm-hmm. But you want me to know the exact? I'll, I'll give it to you within but, within an inch either way. With an inch either way. Oh, okay, wow. You're go being ahead. real generous there, Mark. Well, tell, tell us your guess. Uh, so uh, I will say... Five, ten? I was going to say the same thing. Answer is five, six. Okay. Well, thank you, Flo, well, for wait coming a minute. on the Hold show. on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so, <laughs> Napoleon, uh, the Napoleon complex, is that a complex for just average height guys? Well, it's supposed to be for short people. We well, follow six well, pretty short. No is offense. It? Oh. But again, it's short for us, but back then, people were much tall. smaller. If right. you, um, um, again, we can blame my source. So, <laughs> yes, and you still we'll, have not given uh, your source. We'll to us. have a new crop of questions next time, and next time I will, uh, I will put footnotes with all my questions of all my sources. And what happened to the pig? I need to know the story about the pig. But Flo, thank we're going to do this again. Yes, Flo. I thank think you, you so should much have for giving us a lot more information. <laughs> we will. Thank you, Flo. Promise you'll come back on the show. <laughs> well, this has been the Winefellers. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Flo. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines. Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye. Cause I sang songs, spun stories, loved, laughed and drank wine. Tomorrow is another day. The cats are out to play, to play.
run, 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 run. Let's have some fun, 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 fun. Another got 